When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Janistine Podcast. When I first started my broadcast career, I was a radio DJ. I've introduced all sorts of different genres of music, country, smooth jazz, top 40, and classic rock. I love all sorts of music, and it's something I'm really proud of. So when I heard one of the greatest rock bands of all time was coming to Fox and Friends for our summer concert series, I knew I had to grab one of the guys for an interview before their performance on Fox Square. Jeff Pilson, the band's bassist, was kind enough to join me in the Fox radio studios, and he was kind as can be. He's been in the business for several decades as one of the members of Dokken and Dio. He plays guitar, cello, keyboards, and piano, and he's been with Foreigner for almost two decades. Welcome, Jeff, to the Janice Dean Podcast. Jeff, thank you for being here. Of course. And this is exciting. I mean, uh, you've been here. We When was Foreigner here last? Every single day for the last several years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I actually, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I believe, I want to say 19 or 20. Okay. I think it, either early, early, early 20, obviously, right. or 19. And how long have you been with the band? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is year... This is year 19 coming up. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. What is it like getting up at 5 a.m. to perform? Um, Well, you know, we do a fair amount of this, so it's not uh, as foreign as you might think. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, But uh, it's not our usual rocking hours. <laughs> in the in the earlier days, would you, if you had to do an early morning performance, would you just kind of stay up all night and then do it? You know what? I might have tried that a time or two in the day, but it just, it, it you know, even I mean, as as depraved as I ever got, I never, I was always too pro to do that. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I tried anyway because you do have to rest. Well, you got to take. I mean, you, listen. 30 years ago, things were a lot different, (laughs) and how I took care of myself, I had a different definition, but um, uh, no, but even then, I was always cognizant of, hey, when I'm performing, I got to do my best. Mm -hmm. I listened to your sound check. Uh, I mean, I Want to Know What Love Is is such a classic song, and it has, you know, has been around for so long, but is still so true to this day. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's talking about love. And I think we all, I mean, I think on our journey of life, we all get to the point where we decide, wow, what what means something to me? What's yeah. important to me? What is love? And uh, I think that that song, for some reason, just puts you in the mood to kind of accept the world as love. I mean, to it, it's a very open up and everyone hold hands kind of song. I mean, it has that effect no matter where we are in the world. If they don't speak a word of English, they somehow know that song and they know those words. When I was in my office and I heard that song, I got goosebumps. And I, you know, and I've heard it from decades now. Well, that's because you have extremely good taste in music. (laughs) But okay, go ahead. (laughs) Sorry. 
But there is something special about that song. Yeah, there is. There is. It's magic. It is magic. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think now more than ever, we need that kind of music. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, And in fact, you know, that's something we talk about a lot when we're on the road. We, We talk about... Let's come together, people. Let's let's all come together. And and a song like that will really do that. It really does that. It has that effect. And we've had some really positive moments where I can tell the audience is is moved. And, you know, I mean, we're just the messenger at that point, but uh, it's a great feeling and it's a honor and a privilege to do it. I mean, that's a great song, but what are some of the other songs where well, you... Well, we've got Cold as Ice, we've got Hot Blooded, we've got Waiting for a Girl Like You, we've got I Want um, Feels Like the First Time, and we got Double Vision. I mean, there's so many. It, there really is. Yeah. And I come from a background, one of my first jobs out of college was as a classic rock DJ, so oh. I played a lot of Foreigner. Oh, wow. And Well, it, but you were only in college a couple years oh, ago. Oh, that's so, so good. And, we, and you too, like you were just a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> But I did. I remember, you know, there were some songs that I was like, oh, my gosh, I've heard this so many times. I'm going to take a bathroom break. But I have to say, and I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke up your skirt. I am. I really do believe that these songs, you hear them and you don't get tired of them. No, you don't. I mean, listen, a classic song is a classic recording is uh, is timeless. And that's the goal of every recording is to make a timeless recording. And I think, you know, and. I wasn't there when they did them, but uh, the original recordings are just incredible. Uh, the vocals, the guitars, ev- everything, just really great. The melodies, great. I mean, the performance is amazing, timeless and emotional. Yeah. And I think emotion is timeless. I agree. I want to talk about, okay, your life before Foreigner, though, because you have been with a few bands. I have, yeah. Well, I was you know, in Dokken in the 1980s, which mm-hmm. was... Pretty known, well, well known as I'm, I'm doing air quotes, heavy metal band. Um, really, we were just a rock band, like every other rock band. But <laughs> so I was in uh, Dio in the, I mean, uh, Dokken in the '80s, and then in the '90s, I was in uh, Dio, which was a really, really wonderful experience. What are similarities between those bands, and what are some of the differences? Well, you know, it's funny. A lot of people ask me the difference between being in Dokken and Dio versus Foreigner, and I will answer that. Less of a difference than you might think. Mm. As heavy as those bands were, um, we emulated guys like Foreigner because they were heavy bands, but they had these great songs and great choruses and all that. So um, really, when you see Foreigner live, you see a very high energy show. And that's really the same thing I've done with other bands. You know, it's always been high energy stuff. And even if the bands were a little bit heavier, uh, Foreigner is actually a little bit heavier when you see us live because the energy is so powerful. Wow. So um, so less of a difference than you might think. Great performing is, you know, it should you should always be giving 150% anyways. Right. So, um, and if you're doing it with the right energy, uh, it's always going to be very, very much in your face. And that's how I like it. There's something about the music in the 70s and 80s that it's, you know, it sticks in your brain. And when I'm walking, I usually put my earbuds in and I'll listen to music. And it's usually throwbacks to the time that we were, you were creating music. What do you think it is about that genre of music that just, you know, stands the test of time? You know, I think part of it is that the music industry was far less corporate and not run by accountants as much. <laughs> you know, it was run by 
music people, you know, yeah. the Ahmed Erdogans of the world who were tremendous visionaries musically. Um, that's not really the case anymore. It's, it's much more a boardroom is running things. Um, so back then you had artistic people in the business allowing artistic people to get exposure. Uh, and so I think you, you got the best out of the artists that way. And I think the artists um, were given the nurturing that they needed to really come up with amazing, inspired, magical music. Yeah. And not that that doesn't exist today. Of course it does. But back then, the atmosphere was so fertile for that. And, you know, that's something I miss today. Mm -hmm. What do you think of bands covering your music? Oh, I love it. Are you kidding? I mean, I remember Chris Daughtry did a version of Feels Like the First Time, you know, it was probably a good 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, and it was fabulous. And I remember thinking, wow, he made it sound like a contemporary rock song without, without destroying it. It was yeah. really, really cool. So I love it when that happens. I, th mm -hmm. I think it's great. There's been a lot of remixes, you know, Cold as Ice is in a million, you know, big remixes and stuff. It's great. Right. How do you get the, I mean, when you go out on stage and you've you've done these songs so many times, how do you bring the new energy to it? Well, number one, it's passion. You know, yeah. we, we have a genuine passion. Everybody in the band genuinely loves the music. Mm -hmm. We love each other. We love to play together. And, I, and I'm, I'm not blowing smoke up any other places. <laughs> okay. I mean, but we honestly do. We love to make music together. Um, we know that it's, it's a privilege you know, I mean, listen, there's a lot of mu musicians that aren't working, mm -hmm. you know, and the pandemic really destroyed a lot of musicians. We, you know, we didn't get, play live, but we had things to do at least. Um, so we know we're very fortunate and um, we're passionate about what we do. And we are absolutely determined to take the vision of Foreigner and do the very, very best we can with it. And we do that every night. And, and it's awesome because we had two years of staying in our houses and not going anywhere and not being with groups of people. You must see sort of that renewed energy. Well, I do. And I also sense that it's a little different. Mm. People have been affected by this. Yeah. This is honestly something I, I, I feel it myself. I can feel I'm, I'm a little different, you know, it's and. I don't even want to say it's all negative because I think a lot of people had some introspection that they needed. Mm -hmm. I know I did. Um, but it's different. It's a different world now. It's a little bit different. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a little hard to accept. But overall, I see people moving towards positive energy and coming back. It's a slower process than I would have thought, but it's coming. What did you do during those two years? Well, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a beautiful recording studio attached to my home. So I spent a lot of time in there. Uh, Foreigner did a couple of different little projects <clears throat> musically. Um, but uh, I got to do a couple other records. And, uh, you know, so I spent a lot of time in my studio. And then, like the rest of America, Netflix. <laughs> no, but I was also with my family, which, you know, I have a daughter that just graduated from high school. So getting to spend two years with her before she, you know, she's going to UCLA in the fall. So, wow. You know, it was, it was actually, I, for me, it was, it was actually a positive experience, but I understand for a lot of people. I think wasn't. that you're, like you said, it's both things. I enjoyed yeah. spending time at home with my mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. and appreciating that. Right. Uh, and I, you know, and we saw the, the terrible tragedy that happened as yeah. well. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I feel like 
you know, the world is a big place and the universe is a big place. And I think when you go through hard times, you are more grateful. Well, I agree there. I totally agree there. And, and, and that's kind of also the answer to what you mentioned earlier is right now, I think I, I'm just grateful we're back and we're making music and people are enjoying it again. And it's kind of a not so bad place to be. Yeah. And music brings everyone together. Yeah. It really does. It does. It does. Absolutely. It touches. That's the whole purpose of music, in my opinion. It's an evolution of communication. And I think when we speak in that language, we connect. How did you know you wanted to do this? When did it when did it hit you like the lightning bolt? Oh, 14 years old. Yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I was in, you know, kid bands and I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but you play multiple instruments. I do. I do. Well, mostly because over time I've just kind of learned. And for, you know, writing, it's always good to play multiple instruments. But um, yeah, well, you know, I started off on the bass guitar. I mean, I was I was singing in the schoolyard and somebody said, hey, we're starting a band. You want to play bass? Sure. You know, I, mean, that, I started that that innocently. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I just, I took to it right away. I just, I, I love it. It's, it's, I can't imagine doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And then what would you say to a parent that has a kid that seems to be musically inclined? How do you encourage that? I encourage them to number one, you got to work really hard. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I hate to, I hate to sound like a taskmaster, but I mean, the competition's stiff. So you got to be willing to really, really work hard and you got to love it. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate about it and you're willing to work hard and you have any degree of talent, I believe you can do it, but it's going to take persistence. It's going to take following your instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, have, you know, gone off the rails over the years. You know, you go in the wrong direction on something. And most of the time, that's when you stop listening to your instincts. Uh, I think it's when you get influenced by other people. And, you know, it's good to listen to other people and it's good to take criticism and critique and all that. But at the end of the day, listen to yourself and feel what's in your heart because it is music is about what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. So if you lose track of that, then you have no core, mm-hmm. you know, and without that core, I don't think I think it's very unlikely you're going to be successful without that deep core. Mm-hmm. People love real artists who really mean it. We'll be back with more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. What are some of the bands that you like? Oh, wow. Um, actually, there's, yeah, once again, my daughter has turned me on to bands like Royal Blood and Dirty Honey. Great bands. Um, I love Rival Sons, if you've heard them. Mm-hmm. Greta Van Fleet are great, but I, I happen to be more of a Rival Sons fan than that. But um, just there's all sorts of great bands out there. Johnny Manchild, it's cool stuff. Well, that's good for you to say that because I didn't recognize any of those bands. <laughs> well, n- nor would you. I mean, they're not meant for us. But, meant- <laughs> but good for you, though, to, you know, to try new music. That's what you get with an 18-year-old daughter. <laughs> But you know what? On the opposite side of that is that I've been introducing my 13-year-old to the music that I love. Like last night he said to me, Mom, let's listen to the Talking Heads. And I'm like, yes! Wow, my my daughter loves them too. You know what's funny is that's one thing about that generation that I really love. They are, I mean, think of it. When we were 18, Mm -hmm. if our parents said, oh, check out Perry Como, you know? (laughs) But the Beatles, the Beatles are timeless. 
Y yeah, but I was there for the Beatles. <laughs> okay. I was listening to my parents saying, oh, they have too long a hair. Oh, and, you know, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a time. Because my son mm. will actually say that his one of his favorite bands are the Beatles. Sure. So I feel well, like we've done something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and once again, that generation, they just seem to be sponges for a lot of stuff. And it's pretty cool. Well, you know what's cool is he was watching the Netflix show Stranger Things. And Kate Bush running up that hill, uh, one of the songs that we loved listening to, when he heard it, he was like, Mom, have you heard this amazing song? I'm like, yes, I was yeah, there. 40 when was, years ago. Exactly. <laughs> but I love that. I love television shows that bring it back. Exactly. And, and you know, Foreigners had some of that. We've had some cases where we've been on some of these shows, you know, Orange is the New Black yep. and a couple others. It is great. And it's amazing how receptive that audience is. I mean, I'm... I guess that's just the timelessness of great music. Of course. But um, but yeah, it's good to see. And it's good to know that we have those avenues. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, re it's really good. And I love the fact that that generation gets it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that they're, I, part of me is jealous that they're hearing it for the first time. It's like, remember when you heard amazing music mm -hmm. for the first time? You're yeah. Like, wow, that's awesome. And yeah. so to live that through them is is really incredible. It is. It's 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 kind of what makes the world go round, you know? <laughs> you know, I miss the record. I miss <laughs> a record player, and my husband and I have actually talked about buying a record player. As you should. They're wonderful. What is the difference between a record and like, well, listening to it? Okay. Uh, a record is in analog. It mm -hmm. was done on magnetic tape, which is a wonderful process. It just has this quality of making the music very pleasing sounding. Mm -hmm. CDs are digital. When it's digital, it's not running through the analog instruments that make it warm and pleasing. Mm -hmm. Now they're 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 doing a lot of things now where they're they're figuring out how to make that work in the digital world, but there's still this quality to analog records. And there's there's a lot of studies that show that analog you can listen to analog longer and there's less ear fatigue and less um well, your mind kind of shuts off after a while. When it gets the same signal after a while, it just mm -hmm. kind of shuts off. Mm -hmm. And digital music kind of does that where analog doesn't. Mm -hmm. So analog is going to be warmer. It's going to be a little more intimate feeling. Um, it may be a little scratchy or a little whatever, but that's part of the charm. The magic of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell me about what you guys are doing this summer. Well, we're starting with Kid Rock and uh, doing our own shows in the meantime and just plan our butts off until the end of the year, basically. But yeah, Kid Rock, bad reputation tour. Coming to a city near you. Yeah. What do you think of bands that are that get political? I feel like for me, I don't... I mean, I understand it. I understand we're in this really crazy world right now where it's almost like... It, it's hard not to get into that political yeah. arena. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I mean... I'm definitely not one of those people that says, oh, an artist should just play music and should shut up. I'm not I'm not like that. I think if you have a feeling you're a you're a citizen like anybody else. And if you happen to have a megaphone, OK, if you use it, um, I, I think there's responsibility that goes with that. I think you have to take it very seriously um, if you're going to do that. Um, uh but you're entitled to do that, uh, and and I don't mind when people do. I don't want to be preached to, of course. I don't think anybody does. Um, but I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say, and I, you know, because I want to hear. I want to hear everything. I, I don't want to be. 
I don't want to be on that tribal one side thing if I can avoid it. So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, political, we, we are in a very crazy time right now. And, and I, and going back to what we were talking about with music, I think it's important if you have a message that's positive, I think it's, you do owe it to the world to be responsible and carry that message out there because we do need unity and music is a proven unifier. So if, uh, if anybody wants to contribute to that, I'm all for it. I love that. I yeah. wish we had more of that. You know, I do like, too. I think I do most too. people are kind of in the middle. Like we understand I, one side of a issue and then we think of another side. You know, what's funny. That's so true. I, I really feel more and more that everyone, everyone, even the extremes on both sides, they actually have in their core a very centrist view. They want, everybody wants prosperity, yes. health, happiness, you know. We the American this, dream. The American dream. You know, I mean, is that, does that have to be political? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, where did that come from? That's only in the last, like. 20 years that mm -hmm. everything's gotten so crazy. Um, we didn't used to talk about politics so much at one, one time. Um, but it's, it is, it's a crazy time. And I think crazy times need crazy solutions. So yeah. if, if, it, if it's crazy for music people to go out there and talk about let's bring the world together, then let's do it. Let's go back to I want to know what love is. You've had choirs singing that song with yeah, you. Yeah, we, we have high school choirs, which is an amazing thing that we love doing. We've been working with the Grammy Museum for several years now, and um, they have just been so fabulous. We've raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for these schools uh, because what we do is we bring a choir up to sing on it, originally they sang with us on I want to know what love is of mm -hmm. course because there's a choir on the record mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic we it was just not possible to bring them on stage with us so what we would do is we would let them open the show mm. and they would sing a few songs on their own before we played and it was the the receptions were amazing from the audiences and like I say, we raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for these schools and we're trying our best to help school music education because that's the first thing that goes when these budgets get cut is school music education. And it is proven how valuable that is for students. And so we're doing all we can to help. I agree. I think that that's really important. How can people find out about how to donate or well, get involved? Foreigneronline.com will tell you there's there's places to go there. Um, but that, but go to the Grammy Museum site mm -hmm. because they they really are really, really helpful with all of this. Are you still creating new music? Oh yeah. Actually Kelly just did a lead vocal for a new song Monday. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, we have we're working we we're working on a few new songs, but uh this one in particular is probably I, I'm I don't want to give an estimate of when it's going to come out, but it, it, we are. Yes, we're working on new songs, and it's great, and it's going to be cool. Kelly has a spectacular voice. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and he can sing at five in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> we heard the soundtrack. Yes, I mean sound check. Sound check. <laughs> it had me in goosebumps. It was really uh, and, incredible. And and he wasn't even going full on. He was just getting a little warmed it's, up. But that's amazing. five in the morning. Imagine singing that song. No, at five I in, I can't even yeah. imagine. I mean, I asked him. I said, "Would you like to do the interview?" And I said it was probably. No, he said, "You know what." Jeff's going to do a great job. <laughs> Tell me, I mean, what is next in your mind? Or do you not look that far ahead? You kind of just day, do day to day. Uh, well, I mean, we know 
I, I know the next couple of years, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know that we're going to just be doing what we're doing, which is lots of touring. I know there's going to be a big headlining tour next year, so um, all is good. Do you like performing with other bands? Like, sure. You know, Kid Rock, obviously, is very sure. cool. Yeah, and his band are all great guys. We love them all, and and he's a great guy. Um, so, yes, we have a, a blast. I have to ask you about some more stories. I mean, do you have any stories you can tell me from back in the day, like memorable concerts or, uh, you know, uh, memorable hotel rooms? Um, well... <laughs> Is this is this G rated? <laughs> you can go. I mean, this is a podcast. You can oh, you can go a little. Can bit I go a little R-ish, Absolutely, little go okay. there, please. All right. Well. <laughs> okay. Oh I'm gonna my take God, a sip of my water. Come on. Yeah, you, Jeff. you might want to take a sip of something and a little heavier. Anyway, Do it. Um, no. Uh, well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the end of tour party with Dio and Dokken <laughs> in 1984. Yeah. Uh, we were at a hotel in Alaska. It was the last show of the tour. Of course, we picked Alaska for that, but we had this huge party. And now, mind you, this is 1984. Yep. All right. And I was, you know, a wild young man. Um, anyways, I, I managed to get intimate with a woman on a washing machine. <laughs> Because it was the only place I could find what when this party was going on right. is I found the laundry room and okay. wow. kind of put it through to the spin cycle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, these are the types of stories that you hear, the life of rock and rollers, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was very memorable. Yeah, it you, was very memorable. Uh, and clean. I got to right. say, so clean. Did you keep in touch with this woman? Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> 1984, Janice. Well, I'm glad that you could remember that, though. Yeah. I wonder if she does. (laughs) I'm sure she does. Let's ask if she could call in now. (laughs) Now, have you thought about, like, writing a memoir? Uh, well, you know, I kind of look at it like, you know, how many people would really want to read something that I, I have to I say? Mean, but, I think um, so. I well, mean, Steven I, Tyler has done it. Well, he's a little more famous than I am. <laughs> but I, I'm, I've, I have thought about uh, writing a book from the angle of, because I was when I was in the band Dokken, mm-hmm. Dokken was very known for being... I mean, there was a lot of animosity in the band and there was a lot of fighting and that, that, that kind of became our press angle, which it's a long story, but that was, it became a A self-fulfilling prophecy, you know? Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it turned into a thing, but I wanted to write, I, I would like to write a book where I show how a band can be given all the opportunities in the world and still screw it up, you know, because we, I mean, listen, we were a successful band, but we weren't near as successful as we could have been. And it was all because of egos and drugs. So... Yeah, that memoir I wouldn't mind writing. Like but. a spinal tap kind of thing? Yeah, but serious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, without the humor. <laughs> what do you think of that movie? I love that right. movie. Come on. It's it's classic. You know, I was talking to someone uh, who was the official judge of the Westminster Kennel Club Jog Show, and I asked him about Best in Show, what he thought of that, mm-hmm. and he said, there's both sides. There are people like, oh, no, that's not me. And he's like, of course that's you. That is, ex- yeah. and I'm glad that yeah, you yeah. think that. I would do- oh, God, yeah. It's- I mean, everyone has spinal tap stories. That's the fun thing. <laughs> right. About- Actually, you want to know something? Yes. Please. One of my guitars is in Spinal Tap. What? Yeah. You know the scene where Nigel is, he's got it all his guitars lined up and yeah, he's yeah. talking about the amp that it goes yes. to 11 and all that stuff. Well, 
one of the guitars in his rack is this electric 12 string that I have that I bought from the guy that provided the instruments for Spinal Tap 40 whatever years ago. Yeah. And I bought it like 20 years ago. And and I I didn't real I I bought it from him knowing that he supplied that, but I never checked it. And then one time I was looking at the movie and I go, wait a minute. And then I called Andy. I said, did you provide the stuff for Spinal Tap? And he said, yeah. And I go, that's my 12 string. And he goes, yep. <laughs> Do you still have it? Of course. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And it's an amazing instrument too. George Harrison and Bob Dylan and Tom Petty, all three tried to buy it. Really? Yes. They. Lo- it's an amazing 12 string guitar. Do you have to like keep it in a safe? <laughs> yeah, it's called my studio. <laughs> okay. I know, but that's kind of a prized possession. It's, it's a wonderful possession. And you still play it? Oh, it's the, it's the best electric 12-string on earth. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love it. Well, listen, this has been such a pleasure. Oh, I can't me too. wait to see you perform. Yeah. Uh, good luck with Kid Rock. I hope Thank you, you guys come back. I'm sure we... Are you kidding? We're the house band here. (laughs) Listen, I remember the last time you were here and someone brought this up the other day. Don Imus worked here. God rest his soul. I used to work with him as well. That's right. He's gone. He's gone. Um, And my first job in New York was working with Don Imus. Oh, wow. But he was like, he could hear you guys. He's like, oh, foreigner. My gosh, they're so loud. He was like that grumpy old man. He said it on his show. (laughs) So you're kind of like... You're, you're well, famous. That, that, that's kind of cool. That 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 means we still have a little bit of that youthful rebellion in us. Yeah, <laughs> I <do>. love it. <laughs> you do. Thank you, Jeff, so much. Janice, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Aw. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janice Dean on Twitter or Janice Dean FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or at foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to spread the sunshine. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.